while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. I'm Marcus Farrow. Chris will be back tomorrow, but joining me, filling in for Chris, is our special guest co-host, WBSM's Jess Machado. Hey, Jess. Hi, Bestie. How you doing? Great. It's going to be fun. Yes. <laughs> I love coming on with you. I, we always have like really great banter. We do. I, uh, it's it's a, it's a, it's a great time. So. All right, so we've got a, a good show ahead for you guys. At uh, 9 o'clock, Sheriff Paul Haro is going to be joining us. At 7.30, uh, Politico's Lisa Kaczynski, the author of the Massachusetts Playbook, will be joining us to talk about some issues. Um, and uh, we'll be joined by you at 508-996-0500, or we'll take your messages on the WBSM app chat as soon as I set up my laptop, which I haven't done yet. <laughs> so... Um, I guess what we'll start with is, because we're going to talk to um, Lisa about this a little bit later, is um, the, the mass GOP, because we, we, I want to talk about the voc, uh, the federal lawsuit against Voctech. We're going to save that for the 8 o'clock hour, I, I think. First hour, I want to talk um, a little bit more, because you were there in person uh, at the, at the where is it, Marlboro Apex Center, something like that? Yeah, it's like one of those sports facility type places, like the one that they have in Tiverton. Um, big, massive, like, complex called Apex Entertainment. There's go-karts, there's indoor sports. It was a massive, massive facility. But they have a really great meeting room space, actually. Um, and I think that's the last space where they tried to hold a, a state committee meeting last time. Um, so it's nice. It was it was good. And the public and the, the media was allowed in for the... F- I was very surprised. I had heard it was going to be closed. But they let everybody in, had seats set up for everybody. It was a packed house. There was, I think, probably I counted 70, 70 people from like the public or the media um, on top of the 70 um, state committee people. So um, why Marlboro, though? I'm not sure, but I I can tell you I heard some people say um, after the vote and now that we have some new leadership, let this be the last time we we all go out. I don't know. I mean, you got to think about it. Some of your state committee men and women are coming from Western Massachusetts. So Marlboro, I guess, is somewhat in the middle. Um, Okay. You know what I mean? Because people are traveling from all over the state. So it seems like a a centralized location, I guess. I mean, it's a quick ride, an hour for me from Somerset. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. So it was a close, it was a close vote. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always all of this stuff about this vote, right? You know, people trying to like get regular people like you and me to like support a person. person. Well, you know what I (laughs) mean. You're not a regular person either. (laughs) Well, you know, just trying to drum up support for these people when it really just comes down to the people who are elected on state committee and where they're going to vote. And, you know, for the months leading up into this, you know, there's one side that was working this vote to try to move some of those 
pro-gym people, because Jim won, right, the last time. Um, so you really had to move the needle over and get some of those people to change their mind. Some were easy and some were stubborn. And some people just dug in and said, this is the guy that we want leading. So there's a lot of work behind the scenes to try to make sure, you know, you had commitments from people too, because yeah. they could say that they were going to vote one way when you really have no idea. And then we had that wild card. So we had a third person. So we had Jim Lyons, who's the chairman. We had Amy Carnavali, who seemed to be the, the main contender. And then there were a bunch of other people. We had John Featherston. We had Chris Lyon. Um, we had Jay Flightman, who's the vice chair right now. He was in the mix. And then we had this lady, Elizabeth Childs, Dr. Elizabeth Childs, who's really very, very nice. She gave a great speech. Um, she was the last one that remained in. So you have to be um, a motion for a nomination, and then it has to be seconded. Um, she got both. Okay. Um, and in the first round of voting, she got five votes. And because of that, nobody got the majority. So the it's like a round robin. I don't know if round robin's the right way to say it. There's got to be a way. What's the name of that type of voting? So runoff. that part Is that it? Yeah. Runoff. It's a runoff. Yeah. So... So uh, if you don't get 50% mm. of the vote, yep. you got to keep going. And that last person was eliminated. So yeah. um, then those five votes go back and you start all over again. It's very arduous. They call each state committee member up one by one. And when they get to the top, they do their ballot, put it, and then they call the next name. So it's very lengthy process. People were, you know, talking and drinking wine and <laughs> I, snacking. I don't like the idea of the secret ballot. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I th- I think it was necessary. Cards on the table. Well, I I don't know. I th- I don't know. <laughs> it was necessary. I think. Um, Why? I think there are some people that uh, pledged allegiance to Jim and just didn't <laughs> didn't do that. Didn't do that. We also had somebody that blanked their ballot. So one of the five people that voted for Dr. Child mm-hmm. blanked their ballot, so didn't do anything. So only four votes moved over. Two moved to Amy and two moved to Jim, but the two for Amy moved her to the majority. But right. um, yeah, so somebody blanked. Wow. Trying to sniff them out. <laughs> see, <laughs> see who it is. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Everybody is... It, it, it was a great process. I'm really glad I got to watch it and see it firsthand. And I'm, I've heard about how these things go, but it was great that the public could go in and watch and see it and see everybody's demeanor. Some people were unbelievably casual about this, you know, very lighthearted. But then there were some people that were very serious. I didn't see Jeff Deal smile one time, not once. He seemed extremely serious, irritated even. He was there. He voted and he was gone as soon as the vote was done. He's a state committee member? He is. He and his wife. His wife is the secretary. Okay. So she actually was kind of in charge of the meeting um, portion where they called she called the names. So oh. they were there. His campaign manager, Amanda Orlando, is also a state committee woman. She was there. Um, all the usual suspects in the Republican Party. So what now? So Amy... Um, actually, they approved the budget in that meeting as well. So they hadn't been able to approve a budget because they didn't have a quorum. So this is the first time they've had one in over a year. Um, and right after the vote, Amy took control of the meeting immediately and they approved the budget. So I think that was just like a technicality that needed to be done. It was one of the reasons why there was all these issues with the treasurer and Jim and all of these things. So Amy's got to work. I mean, I believe that they've hired or retained an executive director. I know that she wanted to hire staff right away. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping there's some money that's going to start coming in because we need to pay um, them and bills. 
Um, and I think she also wants to vet out what kind of um, <clears throat> outstanding liabilities that the party um, has, because I'm not really sure that's been very transparent. So, so um, I, I was when I was talking to Jared about this on Tuesday, uh, one of his friends had called in and said that anybody that voted for Jim needs to go. Mm. So he wants to do some head hunting. Mm. Um, what do you think? So I, I, I can tell you, for example, Caroline Calaruso, it's always very hard to say, um, Caroline, you know, Caroline was a big Jim supporter mm-hmm. and she ultimately ended up giving the nomination speech for Amy. So, okay. um, I think there are some people that may follow Caroline's lead. Um, you know, I think she's well respected in the state committee. So but you don't know how she voted. You're right. <laughs> You're right. That's the problem. You're right. Um, I would have to think that if she got up and stood up in front of the state committee and, and gave the nomination speech for Amy, that she voted for Amy. But you're right. There's no way to know. Mm. Um, but I'm hoping I think there's work to do to try to move some people over. Listen, we have state committee elections that happen next year, right, in um, February or March. So it's when the primary when's our primary for, for president. Yeah, it's 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 March. Right. Uh, we're a Super Tuesday state, right? So it'd be early March. Early March. So that's when our state committee race is. Mm-hmm. So there's the potential for changes in, you know, state committee members. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, who's going to stay? Um, who's going to leave? Some people who aren't happy might just leave and say, you know what, I don't want to, I don't want to be here anymore. And then you'll have new people that'll run and. Some might have easy races. Some might have opponents. I, I do know there's some people out in Western Mass that organized a PAC. They are pledging to um, run two state committee people up against any rhino state committee member that they think is okay. you know, here. So I think we'll have to see if that plays out. I, I think they're all talking no action, honestly. So we'll have to see. But um, people should just focus on working. I mean, I, I'm super excited. Like Amy has a plan, I think. And, you know, Sheriff Hodgson's endorsement of her was really important because he worked with Amy on the Trump campaign. And we were working with Republicans from both sides for a common goal, which was to run a campaign for the president in the state. And he had the ability to bring both sides together for action and to accomplish tasks. And Amy was very similar. So I think his endorsement kind of... Um, you know, reminded people that she's a team player. So I think there's going to have to be compromise on both sides, though. You know what I mean? Like, just because Amy's in there, we can't eradicate all of the, you know, the the gym mm. supporters. I, I think that the best thing to do is find out what each person has as a talent, what's in their wheelhouse, and then put them to work on something that's related to what they're good at. You know, I mean, well, what novel if idea. What if they're just talentless, worth like... <laughs> there's a few of those. <laughs> literally, for literally names just started popping up into my head. Just near um, duels. Yeah, I mean, I hope they get really uncomfortable, you know, and really embarrassed and... Maybe Howie will take him up and start Kool-Aid Chronicles 2 or something like that. <laughs> he was relentless, Howie. Rightfully so. People yeah. people really, people need to know about some of these characters that were surrounding the chairman of our party. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it, these people are just weird. They're just, they, it, they're just weird. <laughs> weird. Yeah. I don't even know how to start. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't represent that way. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like we can do so much better. Governor, um, mass governor candidate 2026. Who, who do you who do you see as a viable <laughs> candidate at this juncture? I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Doty uh, tries again. OK. 
Yeah. I'm also, you know, a big fan of people trying more than once. I don't think... Well, Charlie Baker did. Yeah. I I mean, I think you need the name recognition. People need to get used to you. And it's it's just kind of statistically, you've got... I mean, look at Ian Abreu, you know? Good example. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good example. Um, Yeah. Wear them down. (laughs) Just wear everybody down. (laughs) I I don't know. I'd like to see Chris Doty. I mean, I'm not giving up on Anthony Amore's... um, uh, vision for the state you know i i love anthony i think yeah. it, we, it's a tremendous loss he would have been perfect you know for a two-party state system in the state he would be the perfect guy you know um so i'm not giving up on that i would love to see him do something but i i think chris maybe is gonna try again in my opinion i have nothing to back that up i'm just thinking has anthony said anything about running again if I when I've talked to him, it's absolutely no. <laughs> that's right. I think he said it to you. Yeah, yeah that's right. Happening. I thought I heard something yeah. about that. No, um, this is a tough race for him. I think he he really is really got put through the ringer. He did. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. I don't think a lot of that coverage was fair. Mm. Honestly, right. Um, so, um, okay. Well, we're we're here with Jess Machado. Um, what's your other thoughts on on the meeting? What do you what do you what do you what do you um, what do you th- what do you think your chances are uh, in the next, like how long, what, what's the timetable on this, this rebuild project? What do you think is the timetable? I'm probably not experienced enough to know. I know there's a lot of work. I, yeah. I you know, I think th- there was a lot of damage done in the past two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know if we know everything yet. Um, I like the, I, I mean, my overall take here is this. The people that tried to remove Jim and were successful in that are unbelievably talented people. I really feel very lucky to have met some of these people to learn about learn about the process. I, I've gained so much knowledge. And I honestly can tell you, having worked with both sides, this is the far more competent side. Democrats should be concerned that people who are this smart, right, and have a really great understanding of the history of the party and also what the the future of the party should look like, um, it's not going to be as easy for Democrats to to do what they did this past um, this past cycle. It's kind of funny you're saying both sides. Both sides, yeah. And the party. Listen, I, everybody knows I'm a, I was a Trump person. I worked mm-hmm. very hard in 2020. I voted for him in 2016. Um, but I personally feel that he's the reason why our party is the way it is right now. Yeah, and that's correct. And we can't have that again. So. So who do you like for 2024? DeSantis. I'd love it. It would be great. Think DeSantis? I, I, I'm hoping. Nobody else. No, I don't know. I need to see who the players are. I can tell you right now, <clears throat> I won't vote for Trump in the primary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but if he ends up becoming the candidate, I'll work, you know, like we did the last time because that's what you do. But um, it's not my first choice. It's We have tangible evidence of what this has done. To, yeah. to the, yeah, I don't, right. It's all right yeah. there for us, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely a, it was definitely a tough cycle um, yeah. overall, not just here, but, but frankly uh, yeah. everywhere. And, and, and that's true. You know, what the mass GOP is going through is not exclusive to us. It's across the country. Obviously you saw that with the speaker of the house election. You know, we, we had <laughs> these people hilarious. that are like, this is ridiculous. I watched that play out. Um, <clears throat> I was like late one night. It, they ended up working it out, but it didn't look like it. it looked like he went to his, I think, what was it 14 ballots, something like it that? It was more than that. And yeah. I was up watching it because I thought we were going to get it. And I think it was like 1230 at night, finally. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. It's just, it's not just us. It's everybody. You know, Trump was great, but there's some real problems yeah, as a result great. of that. Yeah, we have to figure it out. 
And if, and I, I do feel it's there's people that are talented. Also, can we just maybe not focus on social issues? Let's focus on things like, you know, taxes and businesses and, you know, keep the social issues out of it. That was one of Jim's big thing. You know, he's anti-abortion. He's like, you know, anti like the marriage thing. He wants traditional marriage. You know what I mean? It's like it. it it, first of all, we're in Massachusetts, right? So yeah. that's an absolutely crazy platform to like double down on. Um, Even but, nationally, it's not popular. Yeah, but we could have focused on other things. You yeah. can certainly have those feelings and live your own life. But I've said this before, as a true Republican, if you don't want anybody telling you what to do with your body, that also includes abortion. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I... I, I think we should just stay away from the social issues. Um, and, and obviously, there's more unenrolled and undecided people in this state than Democrats and Republicans combined. Those people are there. All we need to do is just brand ourselves and say, hey, here we are, and maybe we can get a vote or two. The kitchen table issues, right? Because the other stuff is um, the other stuff's culture war stuff, and it just, it might work other places. It doesn't, it it definitely doesn't work here. I think Mm. people are pretty uniform on their, um, on their social, on their social beliefs. Yeah, Mm. I I think what did, what did, um, Lion said like the four, uh, the three eyes, uh, inflation, something and infanticide, which (laughs) I thought was a very vivid, uh, vivid descriptor. I mean, this is a very casual night right now. And I'm going to tell you right now, he and his wife looked like Bible thumpers at this meeting last night. Mm -hmm. I just they looked completely like irrational. They looked so far right. Just every, you know, I heard Bernadette go over to a state committee person and say, I prayed for you. I prayed really hard for you. And I was like, I can't. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's great, but it's just not for our party. And, and we have no wins. We, we won nothing. She prayed for you. Why? For what? Uh, she, 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 she said it to a state committee person. Well, uh, I don't know. Was it like, I'm praying for you because you're <laughs> lost. You've been, a, been led astray. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Was it like, I pray everybody. for you because I like you. I think you're a good person. No, I want you to do well. The state committee men, uh, man that she was speaking to is a known adversary of Jim's. So, you know, she went right over to him. So it was like an attempt at like... Um some sort of like uh, humility, like I'm praying for you because even though we don't like each other, you know, I, I, I'm a good person. Sure, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> let's All right. go with that. Let's uh, let's take a break. We should be joined by Lisa uh, Kashinsky around the time that we get back. So stay tuned. WB. Dog, that dog is so incredibly average looking. <laughs> the the just the sheer banality of that dog. <laughs> And for it to have 25,000 followers on Instagram, the, the pictures aren't even good. It's not even like he's doing like an action shot or he's like, oh, we dress him up to look like a movie stars or something. We act out fa- uh, famous movie scenes with our dog no. Uh, spot. It's No, it's just this average looking black dog. And yeah. <laughs> Marcus has this absolutely beautiful cat. I don't. You've probably seen it on Twitter. If, if you, yeah, if you follow me on social media, you, you've you've seen my cat. She's a bangle. And I asked how she was, and he said she's adjusting to his schedule. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I think she needs her own Instagram account. And he said, Oh, she has one. I just haven't kept up to it. And I said, There's a dog that walks by my house every day and takes a poop right on my lawn. And he has twenty thousand followers on Instagram. <laughs> and I pulled up the account, and he's so offended by it <laughs> yeah i am because i can definitely I can, guys i i wish i this is a this isn't 
This is an audio medium, <laughs> but I wish I could explain to you how incredibly banal the, these pictures are. He's just he's he's just standing there. He's just standing there. It is definitely uh, one of the most basic Instagram social accounts I've ever there seen. There is nothing. No. <laughs> 25000 And she makes money off I, of this. I accidentally. Don't swipe on. Don't, you can't swipe on this phone. Oh, no. I ain't, I'm not. Yeah, no. I, I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> God. Anyway, I think you should get something going up for your. your I'll your, work on uh, it. Yeah. I got a lot. I've it's got a nice lot of. a little side income. little side gig. Right? little side gig. Yeah. Yeah. Make a little cash. I think it's a, I think it's a good idea. I think I could do well with it. It's. You know, we were talking also before. I, I think I'm kind of over Facebook and I'm moving my investment over to Twitter. Yeah, Facebook's trash. It's a barrel of crabs. I know. I know. It's a barrel of crabs. And I can't get my like feed right. I don't know if other people have that issue, but like some days I see all my friends things and some days I don't and I, I don't go digging for it. And then I miss really important life events and I don't know. I feel <laughs> terrible. And Twitter is definitely... Where it's at, especially if you're like a political junkie like me. I said this during the election. Mm-hmm. News comes really quickly there. Yeah. You're going to have Lisa on, but during the campaign season, um, Evan Gendro would <laughs> first thing in the morning he'd open up Playbook and read what what's going on. Like that's mm-hmm. where he got his news was from Lisa's Twitter account. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she knows how valuable it was to candidates or people working on campaigns, um, but. Uh, Twitter is fast. It's knowledgeable and yeah. brief. I would say like with Twitter, the, the thing is like media people are definitely like overrepresenting the people that use it the most. Yeah. Um, so it's a way to get news. It's not a good barometer for like public opinion, although I guess social media really isn't in I've general. I've only posted like one selfie on there. But on Facebook, I post like one <laughs> selfie a week. But on Twitter, I'm embarrassed. It's it's not that kind of place. Nobody it's cares. Not a, it's not a selfie place. Nobody cares what you look like on there. Nobody cares. What you look like. It's really about your your witty, you know, responses and yeah, yeah. I I feel like it's it's funny. I think especially like during the, the mass GOP thing, there was some hysterical memes and it was just really it's I love it. Go to Twitter. I'm on it. I'm thinking of changing my handle though. I have Mrs. Bunny Machado. It's been that way. I think I gotta get rid of the I don't bunny like thing. Your handle at all. I know. <laughs> but then I said should I change it? And I had a couple people say no, don't do it. Well that's just me, so I need to think of a new handle. What's your oh yours is Marcus Farrell Law. Marcus Farrell Law. Yeah. Attorney. That's my name. Uh, I'm I'm an attorney. <laughs> he called me today and he said it's the attorney. Well, well, I called you and you're like, "Hello, this is Jess." As if like I know it's you. I called you. <laughs> I answer it's, my it's, phone it's, like that all hello, the time. This is Jess. So I'm like, "Oh, this is attorney Marcus Farrow." <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I thought it was like, okay, I guess we're going to be more formal than we usually so, are. Well, first and foremost, I don't know why, but your name didn't show up, so I. I I didn't see your name, and I never know who's calling these days, so I have to be a little bit more professional. Well, joining us now is Lisa Kaczynski from Politico. Hi, Lisa. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on. So um, here with Jess Machado, you guys were at the Mass GOP um, chairmanship vote. Uh, it was pretty contentious. Um, Amy Carnavali ended up winning. Uh, but I think it's probably not fair to say that um, uh, just because Amy Carnavali won that, you know, all is saved for the mass GOP. 
No. Um, <laughs> look, there's, there are, this was a big turning point for the party, um, you know, given just kind of the internal strife uh, that's been happening, um, but also just the fact that donors have left the party under the former chair, Jim Lyons. Um, you know, the party is almost out of money because, or at least in partly because of expenses that he had racked up um, on digging up dirt on now Governor Morris Healy and also investigating members of his own state committee. Um, so she has a lot that needs to be turned around right now and, you know, needs to get more money, needs to be able to recruit more candidates, kind of bring these folks back into the fold. And she also is going to have to navigate a lot of really hurt feelings on the state committee. You know, there are still a sizable chunk to vote with 37 to 34. So there's clearly people who are still loyal to Jim and they're still on the committee. Um, so there's a lot that she's going to have to repair. So um, I think you uh, say this on your podcast today. They, what, if they paid off all their debts, they'd have like, what, $25,000 left in their account? Something yeah, like that. I think it's about, I think the treasurer, the party treasurer had said that it would be about $35,000 if they paid off the over $100,000 um, that they had owed just in the kind of bills that he had found that hadn't been reported before. Right. So that doesn't account for staff, um, other expenses like rent on the office. That also, though, doesn't account for money that came in in January, um, which I can look on OCPF right now, but I doubt that it's posted yet. So, um, you know, bad financial situation, regardless of the number, is basically where they're at. So, um, so Amy Carnavali identified herself as, I think, a Baker Trump vote uh, voter. So this wasn't really a Trump versus never Trump uh, dynamic, uh, was it? Um, yes and no. So the there are definite ideological divides within the mass GOP that kind of do fall a little bit on a Trump and non-Trump, but more so more moderate line. It's more kind of a conservative moderate split. But yeah, I mean, Amy is a Baker Trump voter um, and she kind of stressed her conservative credentials while also finding ways to appeal to the more moderate crowd on the state committee. You know, some folks online were kind of saying like, oh, you know, new mass GOP chair, same as the old mass GOP chair, like finding past tweets in which she's expressed support for Trump. But, you know, Trump does remain popular with Republican activists in the segment of the Republican base in Massachusetts, um, you know, even though he's electorally unpopular here. So she still does have to speak to those people if, you know, in terms of moving forward as one cohesive GOP. Hey, Lisa, it's Jess. By the way, it was very nice to meet you in person um, at the meeting the other night. Yeah, it was great. Um, so I'm wondering, did you expect the meeting to go as well as it did? I know myself, I was concerned that there could be some last minute, um, you know, things thrown in the mix that we didn't anticipate. Um, or or even, you know, you know, getting tempers in the way. I thought everybody behaved really well and I was surprised. What did you have going into that? Yeah, I was also surprised by that, and I think pretty much everyone in the room was uh, surprised at how civil things were. I mean, you know, anyone who's kind of followed this knows how heated things have been. There's always tensions, you know, just kind of about to boil over or are boiling over on that state committee. Um, But everyone was really civil, calm. Um, You know, people were, I think the vice chair was actually remarking about it. 
um, you know, just kind of like how, you know, expressing hope that that could be the way that the committee might carry forward. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very interesting to watch. Um, and there were just tiny moments you could see in people's faces at times where people were, were stressed or angry or whatever, but they were keeping it to themselves. And that meeting went about as quickly and as calmly as it could have gone. Some, so, uh, so Carnivali starts, she not obviously is going to have to, like you said, bridge the divide with uh, some of the Lions loyalists that still voted for him in that state committee uh, uh, meeting the other night. But she does have some support for, from some um, pretty prominent Republicans in the state party. You know, we had mentioned uh, Sheriff Tom Hodgson, but I think also uh, maybe uh, Charlie Baker or people from the Baker administration. Yeah, people from um, Baker's World had kind of gotten behind her in this chair fight. Like she's not necessarily one of them, but she was their kind of pick uh, between the two. Obviously, there's no love lost between Charlie Baker and Jim Lyons. Um, that was very publicly apparent. So she, beyond Tom Hodgson, um, does have kind of a commitment from former Lieutenant Governor Karen Polito to help with recruitment. Um, and that's where you're seeing a lot of these like kind of commitments right now is to help her with recruiting candidates and also bringing donors back into the party. Um, so she, you know, is getting people like that kind of in her corner who said that they were going to help with this. Um, we'll see if they do down the line. Lisa, I'm in a little bit of a fishbowl, so to speak, where it's really just Republicans around me and we're talking about this. What are you hearing from the Democrats across the state, if anything? Yeah, Democrats actually have acknowledged this. Um, you know, the party chair on the Democratic side, Gus Bickford, has kind of put out a couple statements, um, you know, basically being like this is a return, you know, hopeful about a return to civility, um, you know, from the Republican Party. You know, of course, like kind of ribbing them along the way for all of right. the infighting and drama and everything. But, you know, this, I think that there is some hope i guess of maybe a return to a more standard two-party system um you know because it gives democrats something to fight against too you know you can't fight against the party that um you know is, is destroying itself so it'll be interesting to see how democrats kind of continue to react to this because on the one hand you would think that they wouldn't want republicans to kind of get all their ducks in a row again um and you know maybe give them a challenge but also i think they're thinking that it's so far off um that, you know, Republicans could really mount a significant challenge either, you know, in the legislature or in the statewide office again. But for now, it'll just be nice to, you know, have an ally that's maybe a little bit more on the same page in terms of, I guess, an, um, not an ally, uh, the opposite of that, that's a little <laughs> more on the same page uh, in terms of stability. Um, like a... Yeah, I don't know, like a friendly adversary or something like that. Yeah, an adversary yeah. is what I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> friend of me? is good. So um, do we know, like, uh, what's next for Jim Lyon, or does anybody care? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> people do care. Um, look, he, he does. <laughs> there, Like I said, there are still a lot of people on that state committee um, that, are loyal to him and really do believe that there was a concerted effort to undermine his leadership and that he was, you know, kind of treated very unfairly, um, you know, by folks that wanted him gone and they were are going to remain loyal to him. And they do think that there are a lot of issues with transparency 
and other things like that within the party that they still want to see brought to light. Jim still has lawsuits going. Um, you know, he had sued the party treasurer. Um, he had given Amy Carnavale no indication um, on the night of the chair vote that he was going to drop that lawsuit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what's next for him at the at, in the immediate term? You know, he has a... I think it's a flower shop, Dandelions. Um, so like, he has, you know, he has a business to run, um, and stuff like that. You know, he made a kind of joking, you know, joking. Uh, oh yeah, he did his, say that, huh? He said yeah, about uh, so Valentine's Day is around. To. Yeah. Yeah. Valentine's, yeah, Valentine's Day is Valentine's on the 14th. Is coming, <laughs> come to the flower shop. Yeah. He kind of made that joke on the way out, but like, no, I, I don't get the sense that he's going to go quietly, um, from the mass GOP. And, you know, he remains, all of these people remain on the state committee. Um, you know, those elections aren't until next year unless people, unless people leave. Uh, not entirely off topic, but I asked, I asked Governor Healy who her opposition was now that no, there's no Republicans in power. And she kind of just said, I don't think in those terms, Marcus. I try to get to yes, you know, like a, 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 I think a pretty good candy answer. But who is more Healy's opposition, if anybody, on Beacon Hill? Mm, um, I mean, at this point, it's, we're just going to have to see how the Democrats interact with each other, um, you know, between her and House Speaker Mariano and Senate President Karen Spilka. You're already seeing some potential differences among them when it comes to tax relief, you know, kind of a willingness to pursue that even in broad strokes, um, let alone specifics. Free college. Between Healy, yeah, on Healy and Spoke on Community College. So there's a few things and like, you know, they're not necessarily adversaries or anything like that, but it's going to be interesting to watch their dynamic because there are always perils that can come with one party rule. So um, I'm trying to transition smoothly to this, but I can't. I'm not going to be able to. Uh, I was interested in the story you wrote this morning on the organ donor bill um, for uh, uh, inmates, saying basically inmates could uh, get less prison time if they were to donate an organ. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. There's no way to transition to that beyond <laughs> here's what's happening on Beacon Hill. Um, Basically, this is what it is, is that two lawmakers, um, you know, had filed a bill that would allow uh, allow people who are incarcerated to take, I believe, 60 some odd days to up to a year off their sentence for, um, you know, to be determined for donating organs or uh, bone marrow. And people are really, um, you know, in non-professional terms, just freaking out about this. Um, yeah. You know, there's people who, uh, you know, in more professional terms, People are basically worried about coercion, you know, the potential for coercion, like if or, you know, incentivizing selling organs to get out of prison. That's uh, that's not what the people who filed this bill, um, who are state reps Carlos Gonzalez and Judith Garcia, that is not what they're intending for this. Basically, what they say this bill is about is kind of more geared towards equity in the health system. Um, as they say, black and Hispanic Americans are more likely to have comorbidities that can lead to organ failure. And the need for those organs outweighs the people who are willing to donate. And if you need an organ um, and the person who is the match for you is in prison, they say that there's no standardized way to, you know, kind of facilitate that organ transfer. So they're trying to put a policy in place, in their words, that would allow that. Um, but people have kind of taken it and run with it in, you know, in more extreme ways. So, um uh Judith Garcia, didn't she just get get elected like this year? Is this her first term? Yeah. Yes, this is her first term, um, and she's kind of getting a lot of the heat for this because <laughs> yes. she 
has a Twitter presence and tweeted it. Carlos Gonzalez, I don't think, has a Twitter. Um, or if he does, I haven't been able to find it. So she included this in her list of bills that were filed. Progressives are really attuned to her uh, because yeah. she did kind of defeat a more progressive Democrat um, in the primary for her seat. Um, and so it kind of really took off because she tweeted about it. Um, but Carlos Gonzalez, um, who is not a first-term representative, he was the one who really uh, put this bill forward and wrote it um, and just kind of asked her to sign on to it. Lisa, um, I got to hit a hit a break to um, to pay the bills. But before I let you go, uh, where can people go to, to learn more about your work and uh, tell us the name of that fantastic podcast that you do? Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me on. As always, um, you can find my work at uh, if you Google Massachusetts Playbook and Politico, um, you will find the newsletter that comes out five mornings a week. You can also hear me on the Horse Race podcast, um, which is out through Mass Inc. And I just want to say something about the the playbook. Every time that uh, something of mine is featured where I'm talking about a particular person, like let's say Chairman of Ways and Means, Mike Rogers, who had featured a story that I had with him, I said, hey, you're on, we were on playbook. He goes, I know, I already saw it. So <laughs> Everybody sees yeah. playbook. <laughs> so everybody who's everybody in, in mass politics is subscribed to playbook. So we appreciate the work you're doing over there, Lisa. Very much. Thanks so much Great. for coming on. Thanks so much. All right, got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. 1420 WBSM can now be heard on 99.5 FM. If you... You don't have to stick by your radio to hear all of South Coast Tonight. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or download their podcast. South Coast Tonight continues now. So that was uh, Lisa Kaczynski from uh, the Politico's Massachusetts Playbook. Uh, I, again, recommend it subscribe because it just gives you a great list of uh, a great rundown of things happening from P-Town to Pittsfield uh, all across the Commonwealth. And um, uh, if you want to read the actual articles, you can. But if not, they're very nicely encaps- uh, encapsulated. So great resource for people. Um, I love it. Yeah. My only complaint is not open like up earlier. I'm up like very early. Like, it's up pretty early, man. I'm up at like three. Oh god, three thirty, four. <laughs> In politics, you got to get up. Oh, I told you, I'm learning from the best. You've got to be up at like three a.m. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. The devil works hard, but Republicans and the mass GOP work harder. They got to. <laughs> they got to. And by the way, we will be a formidable adversary for the Democrats soon. 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 How Don't soon? worry. Give us time. Well, soon or give us time. We need a little bit of time. I mean, we just, we just there's a lot of work to do. You know what? I got a text message, by the way, from Anthony Amore, who is listening. Okay. And he did say that Amy had sent out some sort of a press release that said, we are officially um, in the red now that another invoice had come in. So oh. I don't know what it is, but um, <laughs> I'll take his word for it. As wow. an auditor, I know he... He would not give me false information, but there's work to do. Like, and I, th- I think primarily there's people are going to have a lot of uh, faith in the party now, and the money will flow. We need money. <laughs> She's I saw some. I hope. Don't you worry about it, Marcus. I know you don't want us to get too successful. It's fine. I got to take a break. <laughs> the WBSM app is. Oh, I'm Marcus. Uh, filling in for Chris is uh, Jess Machado of the Jess Machado Show. Hi, bestie. And I guess of like the Howie Car Network now. A little you guys bit. are just buddies. Yeah. It's cool. So, um, 
So uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can join us this evening. Um, we're going to talk about the Vogue admission stuff, uh, the federal lawsuit that was filed. And, uh, I know you can't just stay thinks, focused right just now. thinks it's funny. No, it's because just I just told him I had some tea for him, mm. and he would probably be able to break this. Not today, but I know like how you are with that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want to know. <laughs> it's, it's our... It's our currency. You know yes. what? I'm Information gonna, is our currency. I'm going to send it to you, but you can't say, obviously, but I'll send oh boy, it to you so I, we can get your reaction. <laughs> okay, yeah, send it to me. 